Hey everyone, welcome to the Love and Truth Church Savannah podcast. We are so glad you joined us. Our hope is for these teachings to be encouraging and uplifting and that they would help you grow in your relationship with God. Now, let's get ready to receive a powerful message from Pastor A.J. Fowler. chapter 11, Genesis 11, um, actually, excuse me, I'm sorry, Genesis 12, I apologize, Genesis 12, I'm going to continue off of where I picked up last week, for those of you that were, uh, that were here last week, and uh, I could only get three points in and cut it off a little bit short, but um, I, I wanted to, I kind of want to cover some stuff that I spoke about at the beginning of last week. I had, um, I pray a lot, or one of the phrases that I pray is, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. And I was doing that just hearing my grandmother pray that and hearing different ones pray that. Some of the older generation, anybody ever heard any of the older generation say, I plead the blood? I plead the blood of Jesus. Well, I grew up hearing that, and I didn't know what it meant. And so I don't know how long it's been. I think it was whenever Pastor James Fitz from uh, a church here in Savannah, he, he asked me, he said, Pastor AJ, would you come speak for me on a Sunday morning? I said, oh, I'd love to. And so I, I, I was praying and I was, I was just uh, going through praying. I was praying over my family and the phrase come out, God, I plead the blood of Jesus over my marriage and over my family. And then all of a sudden the phrase stuck with me and I began to pray into it. Uh, and then I started, you know, Kind of, I, that's what I preached on that Sunday morning, but I took a different vein in this way and uh, uh, to talk about tonight, I, I, the, the title of this is Blood Benefits. That's what the benefits are to the blood of Jesus. And when we talk about pleading the blood of Jesus last week, I gave you a foundation to that uh, of, of basically, there's, uh, to me, there's three prerequisites in order to plead the blood of Jesus. When we say in the name of Jesus, that's, no, that's not a magical tag to the end of a prayer, but it's, uh, it's literally where we're standing in the spirit in the name of Jesus. My life is hidden with Christ in God. I'm hidden with him, and I can stand in his name. If I've been baptized in his name, then I have authority to invoke the name, right? So that's kind of where I talked about it, but I didn't just leave it at that because the blood of Jesus speaks to covenant. I'll just give you a little bit of a tidbit on the front end, and then I'll give you a the a quick crash course of the three points, and then we're right in. The blood of Jesus speaks of covenant. Covenants progressively build upon one another, forming a complete redemptive storyline from Old Testament to the point that we are now. Covenants started from the moment of the Adamic covenant or the covenant God made with Adam, and then it flowed to Noah, and then it flowed to Abraham, to Moses, to David, and then Jesus finalized it. Are you with me? Those are your covenants made throughout. And the reason why a new covenant was made every time is because the previous one had been fulfilled and was no longer needed in that moment. And so God preserved the world through Noah, initiated redemption through Abraham, established the nation of Israel through Moses, promised an eternal shepherd king through David, and then fulfilled all of his covenants through Jesus, King Jesus. With each covenant, God's promises and plans to 
save the world through the seed of a woman become clearer and clearer until we finally see that redemption only came through King Jesus. Jesus perfectly succeeded at every point where humanity failed. Right In the new covenant, we receive forgiveness of sins and God's empowering spirit to help us live a life of self-giving love. Because of Jesus, we can live righteously and partner with him as he's renewing the world. Don't you understand that the reason why that you're on the planet, one of the main reasons why you're on the planet, no, actually the main reason, the first command God gave to man was uh, take dominion. To give us dominion over the planet. God's looking to restore the planet. It's not so we can get out of here and get to heaven. We've, we've sung those songs all of our life. But that is not why we're here. You're here to advance kingdom. That God would renew the planet through you. That his redemptive purposes would be flow, they would flow through you. Okay, and, and so the blood of Jesus. In order for us to be covered in the blood of Jesus. The scripture points out. I'm not going to go deep into this. But the scripture points out that I mentioned. Mentioned uh, in the book of 1 John, it says, But if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us. Like present, future tense, it cleanses us. But there is an if there, which means that it's conditional. Right? It's not, I got saved and I'm covered. I, you're saved, but to continually walk under the protective covering of the blood. There's something required of you. And I mentioned the first one was obedience. I'm not going deep into that, but that was the first one. The second one that I mentioned, um, the second one, or excuse me, the first one was repentance. The second one was obedience. Understand that you need to rapidly repent. Uh, we always repent enough to be saved in the, for the forgiveness of our sins, but do we repent enough to see the kingdom come? That was, the, that was the message of John the Baptist. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. What is the king? It's God's realm, God's dominion. It's supposed to be manifesting in us, through us, and around us. And, and the only way that the kingdom of God can manifest, hear this, you need to get this, the only way the kingdom of God can manifest is Romans 12 too. The problem is with many believers is they get saved, but they never step into the fullness of kingdom. They stop at the door of salvation, which is important. Jesus is the door. There's no other door. Muhammad, uh, Confucius, um, any, India, in India, they have millions of gods. There is no other God. There's only one. There's not Allah. It, it is only, only Jesus. He's the door. But so many believers are so immature in their walk and journey. I don't, I don't mean that bad. I'm just saying there really is. They never really fully read scripture. They never walk out relationship because it takes discipline to grow in your, in your relationship with the Lord. And you're expected to do that. That is on you. That's not on me. I want to equip you, but I can't make you, right? You can, what is it, the, the saying that we say? You, you can't make anybody be disciple, but you can't stop them either, right? It's a twofold, uh, it's kind of a two, two-edged sword. But repent, that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So repentance, obedience, obedience is a big factor to that. Um, it, it, the only way that I can continually be sprinkled with the blood of Jesus is to walk in obedience. That's fellowship with one another and walk in purity of heart before God, right? 
If you don't walk in fellowship with one another and you're always bitter and you're always offended about every little thing, oh, it makes me mad. I always get offended and you're a grouch. Oh, but I'm safe, brother. But you're always mad. You always got an attitude. You always got something going on. Man, what's going on? Where's the tender heart? Where's the brokenness? You haven't encountered him yet if you've still got those issues. But you don't understand what happened to me, Pastor. Like I talk, I hit this Sunday because I really felt it. I, I hate, it's not a spirit, it's an attitude. Okay, so when I say the spirit of offense, it's not a demonic spirit, it's an attitude. I love John Maxwell. I may not can sharpen my gift from speaking to go from a, I may be a five. I might can go to a seven, but I may not ever make it a 10. But my attitude can be a one. And I can make it go to a 10 in an instant. It's something, but you, that's just the way that I am. No, it's not. It's on you. Obedience. If you want to be covered by the protection of the blood of Jesus, then you've got to deal with the tude, right? You've got to deal with the attitude. So there's repentance, obedience, and faithfulness was the third one. And this is the one where you may not get all the answers. And if I could, I don't know if this is going to be podcasted or not. But we just recently, one of my favorite, my, my favorite pastors, uh, one of my, I would just call, I'm going to call him a general in the faith because that's what he is. Lost his wife over the past couple of weeks, past week, and he stood up and delivered one of the most powerful messages I've ever heard in my life. And um, someone that has seen God raise the dead, heal cancer time after time after time, open blind eyes, deaf ears, watch uh, literally limbs grow, lost his wife to a disease that he's seen God heal millions of times, probably I won't say millions, but lots of times, and still stood while she was laying in the bed and she had died and lifted his hands and declared the goodness of God in the midst of confusion because he said that this is a time I'll never be able to offer this in heaven. What need is there for sacrifice in heaven, right? There is no need for the sacrifice. So it's a sacrifice. So for, for many of us, when we walk, and I learned that from him when we walked through what we did. It's just to end that, God, I'll never be able to get, I don't understand so much confusion. Um, but in order for me to continue to be covered in the blood, I'm just going to walk and be faithful. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep worshiping because I've encountered the problem with people that can't stay in a vein of worship is because they lack encounter. I'm just going to, that's me. That's my, a lack of encounter. Because when I encounter him, somebody tell me, when I encounter the, I had one of the most powerful, uh, uh, Kathleen Parker was in here. I had one of the most powerful encounters I've ever had in my life here at Tuesday morning. He, Parker was over there on the floor and I was in the back corner. We were praying together. And it was just one of the most powerful. And, and I, I stopped and I said, God, what, how, how, do, how do we make it apart from this? This is what brings me, this is what makes me stay faithful. It's the encounter. Encountering God, which is creator and uni over the universe. That's what helps me to get through tough times. You encounter him, his presence that you just literally because of Jonathan David Helser wrote the song, you unravel me. He, you literally become unraveled because the purity of the presence invades you to the point that all can flood your eyes. I, I walked into the office and Miss Julie, what'd you say to me? <laughs> I was pale as a ghost. And I said, I probably did because I probably almost died. Because this body wasn't meant to dwell in presence. <laughs> Not yet, right? His presence is so transforming. 
But faithfulness, people say, I don't know how they make it. I believe some people grab a hold and get that white knuckle syndrome, and they're like, I'm not moving until you bless me, God. I'm not moving. I, am, I, I, I know I'm walking through hell and high water, but I've, I've tasted you before. I've experienced you before, and I know. I know that feeling. I know what you do. To, I know what you can do, so I'm not moving. I am not moving, and they just get bare knuckle, white knuckle, and they make it through. Right? We've seen people do that before. I've seen family that's did that. I've seen people. And so it's important to remain faithful. In order to be covered in the blood, you have to walk in continued faithfulness. Because, now you ready? Now we're going to go into something new. Because if you walk, if you walk in repentance, rapid, rapidly repenting, keep a fresh, clean slate before the Lord, forgiveness of sins, and repenting every day and renewing your mind in the scriptures and in prayer and listening to the rhema word and reading the Logos word and breaking curses and all those things, and you, all of a sudden the kingdom of God begins to look, the impossible begins to look logical because God's renewing your mind. You start th- seeing things break and shake and take place and break through and you move forward, and then all of a sudden you move into this place of where you're, you, it's not a question of right and wrong anymore. It's not a question of sin because you don't want to, you don't want to hurt uh, that aspect of relationship. It's not that sin, because sin separates us. It separates us because of what it does right here to us. The condemnation and guilt and shame steps me further away from him. He's never been separated from me. Nothing can separate us from him, but we separate us from him by what we think and we create a God that's distant when he's not. He's right in the middle of my muck and my mess and my sin, but I keep separating myself from him. But if I walk in obedience, because it's no longer a question about sin, but it's about, I'm so intimate with you, Father. I got to make sure that it's like a Moses situation that you got to, if you're going to come, I need to make sure and hear what you're saying. AJ, hide in the cleft to the rock. Why? Is hiding in the cleft wrong? Is it a sin? No, it's just that because of where you are in proximity, it can destroy you because of how near you are to my holiness. And so you, you come into that relationship where you, you start listening and you follow his heart and the impressions and you obey at any cost. You obey that moves you into a desire because you've encountered him and you, you just stay faithful. You're going to pray. You're going to seek the face of God. You're going to give at any cost. You're going to live with open hands as I preached on Sunday. And then you move into something called continued proximity and closeness. You just start drawing, drawing closer, closer and closer and closer and closer. I'm able to come close only because of the blood. It's not anything I could do in my own. It's only because of what he did. By the blood of Jesus, I can come close. Ephesians 2, 13. And I realize I didn't read Genesis, but uh, if you want to read that, you can read it. Genesis chapter 12. Ephesians chapter 2. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near. How? Through blood. Through the blood of Jesus. So before we start thinking that it's something that we've done, I don't think anybody in their right mind as a believer would think there's anything. I, if you're fasting enough, you're praying enough, you're re- it's, it, it's not because of that. It's an, it's an awareness and a recognition of the blood of Jesus, that it's because of what he did on the cross. That's why Paul said that I choose to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Why? A man that was so knowledgeable, studied under the... the, the um, the, the tutorship of Gamaliel, 
one of the wisest minds in, in, in Israel at the time. He said, I, all of that, every bit of that, this is what I'm for, Christ and him crucified. But I can come near because of that. So it's, it's, it's the proximity, it's the nearness is what repentance, obedience, and faithfulness produce. It produces closeness. And then we move into the next part of that because the closer you get to God, what you start experiencing is holiness. It produces a continued holiness. The blood applied to my life makes me holy. Be holy because, you know, as the scripture says, you be holy because I am holy. I can enter boldly into the holiest of holies and live, kind of, almost, be pale as a sheet. Hebrews 10 says this, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the what? The blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, I love this, that is his flesh. Because of what he did, there's an invitation to come into a greater dimension of the presence of God. And having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near. I love this. Every one of my translations, all 738 of them um, that Crystal says I've got a problem with, that's, that's, that's a conversation for another time. So when we talk about addiction, it's like, break every chain, God. And, it's like somebody, and then all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's like, what about your Bibles? It's like, everyone but that one, God. All other chains but that one. I, I want to keep getting those. Um, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. True heart, full assurance of faith. Sprinkled from an evil conscience. How many of you understand that since you've been saved, you've thought some stuff? Nobody won't talk about it, but we've thought some stuff. You know the scripture, I hear this from a lot of Pentecostals. Not, not, maybe not denomination. I'm not talking about dom- denomination. I'm talking about by the believing of the gifts of the Spirit and the baptism and the Holy Ghost with tongues. We, you know, those things. We, from, they always talk about quenching the Spirit. I hear that a lot. Not, I've probably not been to any of you, but I've heard it. Through the years, quenching the spirit. But then there's another side of that that's mentioned, and it's called grieving the Holy Spirit. So many people, especially from my, I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm Pentecostal, I'm very proud of. I'm glad and thankful for my heritage, not a denomination, but what was done in the book of Acts. I, I'm so thankful for my heritage and my legacy that's been given to me, but what about the grieving? Is the Holy Spirit, how is he grieved? How, how is it that, that I could possibly stop the flow of the blood of protection upon my life? Because again, last week, that's what I talked about. The blood applied to the door drew a line that the death angel could not come, the destroyer could not come into your house when the blood is applied. But how is it that I could stop or I wouldn't say pollute or dilute. You can't pollute the blood, but stop the flow of blood upon my life. It's by what I think. It's by what I say. And it's by what I do. Three things. That's how you grieve Holy Spirit. That's how you grieve him. 
Now, does that mean he lifts? I believe that he doesn't. I, don't, I, I believe it's extremely hard to lose your salvation. The people that would say, uh, okay, how about backslide? I believe it's extremely hard. I don't, I don't know the extent of it. I just believe it's extremely hard. But I do believe that he's in us for the sake of salvation. But I believe that, that he can lift off of us because he's on us for the sake of others. That's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He, I, I believe that he doesn't remain because of our actions. You can be Christian in name only, but your mouth says otherwise. Your actions speak otherwise. Your thoughts. Who are you when you're by yourself? Just asking a question. Who are you when you're by yourself? What do you look at in your phone when you're by yourself? Holiness. This is what I believe about holiness. Holiness is an inward work and manifest outward. It's not an outward work that testifies of what's inward. I believe that it's inward. Maybe I said that wrong, but you understand what I'm saying. Holiness is an inward work. It's something that happens inward. It's, it's, it's on the heart. It's what Jesus has a conversation with the Pharisees when he tells them, he says that you're a tomb, uh, a whitewashed tomb full of dead men's bones. You look great on the outside, but inside you're dead. You stink. The outside of the cup is clean, but the inside's nasty. And he, he dealt with those in, in, that, in, in that regard. So continued holiness. And for us, for, for believers, one of the things I think is so necessary for us is to get is that if I want to walk and continued uh, to have the blood of Jesus covered and applied to our lives, it's vital. I understand some stuff's happening up front, but y'all, y'all, y'all look this way. It's important and vital for us to make sure that Holiness is not something that I look right, say the right things, carry the right Bible, attend the right church. That, that legitimately, there is a purity of heart working on the inside. Purity of heart speaks to holiness. You know, when David said this, and I'll move to the last point, AJ, if you would come. When King David said this, he, he talked about, he said, God, give me clean hands and a pure heart. What was he referring to? Clean hands speak to relationships. And that's crazy to hear it said from King David because he was a man that shed lots of blood. That's why he couldn't build the temple for God to live in. But clean hands speak to how is your relationships? What did 1 John say? Fellowship with one another. The requirements for having the blood applied to my life is fellowship with one another. And the cleansing from an evil conscience, right? Two things there. And a pure heart. What does a pure heart speak to? It's holiness. It's a lifestyle that looks to please God, seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness, right standing with God. That's what righteousness means. And I've seen it uh, recently said over this whole uh, process of, uh, of abortion, and some of you might have, uh, have seen it as well, but it was talking about we would not have this problem if there was a movement of purity and righteousness to live right before the Lord in our relationships. We wouldn't have that problem. Right? There wouldn't be a discussion because everybody's shooting at each other now. And so I believe that as we come closer in proximity before the Lord, because that's the benefit of the first three, the last three is the nearness with God produces holiness because the closer you come, you're going to be purified one way or another. He will purify you. 
We have our moments. Nobody's perfect. We're not there yet. We have our moments. And this moves us into the third, the, the, well, it's the third one for tonight, but it's really the sixth one. Continued victory. Well, Pastor AJ, I've, I've lost quite a bit. Now, victory is an understanding of where you're seated. I'm seated with Jesus in heavenly places. If I'm seated with him, that means that I need to have his mind. I go back and I reference the pastor that has so influenced my life over these past 10 years. I don't put him on a pedestal because I understand he's a man. But I, I honor how the spirit of God has, he's allowed the spirit of God to flow through him and use him. That in all of these seasons that we walk through in our life, could be death, could be loss, because you're going to suffer those things. I don't care who we are. These bodies aren't meant to live forever, right? They're not meant to live forever. But why would Paul say that you're more than conquerors, right? Why would he say that? And I got one last scripture to read to you, and then we're going to pray. But Revelation 12, how do we continue to walk in victory? You ready? To continually know that the blood of Jesus covers us And they overcame him Him being the adversary Because of the blood Of the lamb And because of the word of their testimony Now we always stop there in church We don't ever read the last portion And they did not love their life Even when faced with death Some translations uh, translations say Love not my life unto death Have you encountered him to that point? That's a hard one. I've shared this story, and I'm not going to share it in in all details, but the time that my health was challenged uh, back some time ago, it was a concern for MS, multiple sclerosis. Um, We were in the old building here, and it was on a Sunday morning really early. Um, I was here by myself. And I was walking up the center aisle and I was praying and I was, Crystal and I, I was just, I was scared because, you know, what do you do when you find out that you could possibly have something? What, what, is there, what do you do? You go to Google. Because <laughs> Google knows, right? So it's like I was choosing Google to be my God instead of God be my God. But uh, you, you start, oh man, this is, oh Lord, it's going to go from bad to worse, you know? It's the worst thing that you can do. Everybody, those of you that's been faced with something you've done, you get a bite and like, oh my gosh, I think I got bit by a snake, a bad one. It's, it's, I need to, you know, it's like it goes from bad to worse. And I, I was walking up the aisle and the Lord spoke to me and he stopped me right in my tracks. I felt it. I'm, I still remember it to this day. You know, when you get that news when like someone challenges you and you, it came out of nowhere, that's what it felt like. It's like. Oh my, it's you, God. It was that still small voice. And he asked me a question, do you trust me with your life? That was the question. And I hit my knees and just began to weep. And in that moment, me hitting my knees was my, was my yes. I trust you. If I live, so be it. If I don't, so be it. You are God. And we, you have to come to that place in your life that it's hard to say. That you love not your life even when you're faced with death because you've had an encounter with him. And know the blood still works. If I walk in faithfulness and I walk in relationship with the Lord and with my brothers and sisters and put offense to the wayside and unforgiveness and bitterness, I forgive. 
and walk upright before the Lord to the best that I possibly can by choices that I make and I'm empowered by the Holy Spirit. That's what's called grace. That's what grace is for, to empower me to walk this journey and live upright. And guess what? I'm going to be covered by the blood and I walk in continued victory. Victory is all about, I'm going to say this, victory is a lot about perception. You got to know what happens in the end. Yeah, sickness may be this and this may be the situation, but what's the end? Someone told me a long time ago, I was, I had a lot of worry. I was raised in a family, we just like to worry about stuff. Anybody else in the same, don't say it, especially if they're in the room. I was raised in a family, we like to worry. And Crystal, Crystal told me a lot of times, she was like, I think you just enjoy worrying. It's like, it's weird and twisted, but I was like, you know what, I think you're right. I've always got to worry about something. Well, the church, we're not at this, that, and the other. It's like always something. And so there was a moment that I had to come to terms and understand. Somebody asked me, said, AJ, what's the worst that could happen in the situation? Well, I start looking at the worst scenario. And it's like, well, it's really not that bad. So I kind of come to terms with the, with, with the worst possible scenario that can happen. And that never happens anyway. Most of the time it doesn't. But the problem with many people, because they can't walk in continued victory, and not just because of everything else that I've mentioned and I'm done, is simply because they look to the future without God's grace in it. You look to the future and you don't see him in it. Doctor's appointment, six months. Oh, man, this is, is God there or is he not? He's either God or he's not. Does he have you or does he not? Your decision tonight to continue to walk in that and change your perspective. You struggle with fear. How much scripture do you take in? You struggle with lukewarmness in your journey with God. How much are you pressing through the season that you're currently in? Well, I need another word, pastor. What's the last word he spoke to you? Are you fulfilling the last word? Well, just some questions because these are these are things that the Holy Spirit checks me on seriously stand to your feet I'm going to pray and plead the blood of Jesus over the congregation because pleading the blood of Jesus as I said has everything to do with repentance obedience and faithfulness that produces closeness it produces holiness, and it produces continued victory. That's what it does. So if we could all over the room, put your, stretch your hands out before the Lord. You can raise them high or put them in front of you. I don't care. Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this revelation of your blood, Jesus, and what it does. There's benefits to the blood. We're protected. We're covered. But maybe we're not walking in, and living in right standing with you, Jesus. We're saved. We're going to heaven. But the problem is, is maybe there's some areas of our life where we've compromised, we're not faithful, we're not obedient. And because of that, there's a breach. The wall is breached. The hedge is breached. And that needs to be dealt with tonight. So you and the Lord right now, maybe there's some repentance that needs to take place. Father, forgive me for opening that door. 
Forgive me for saying what I said. Forgive me for that offense that I'm holding against someone. That unforgiveness that I have. That sharp attitude. God, forgive me of those words I've said. I don't want to grieve you. i got to walk in relationship with brothers and sisters. Because that's how I perpetually am cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And protected. Father, I pray that right now over the people, if there's a breach in protection, reveal it to them right now, Holy Spirit. Speak to them. Show them. Speak to them right now. I pray for revelation. Any breaches in the walls. In any way, if they have grieved you, Holy Spirit, we don't want to stop the flow of power, but we most definitely don't want to grieve you, Holy Spirit. So if we have grieved you by what we've thought, what we've said, and what we've done, because that can stop the flow of protection. Forgive us right now. You and the Lord, tell him, God, forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to grieve you. I don't want to grieve you. I'm not perfect, but I don't want to grieve you. I want to be holy because you're holy. The name of Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you. Now, right now, I plead the blood of Jesus over this congregation. Father, give us clean hands and pure hearts to ascend the hill of the Lord and stand in your holy place. I plead the blood of Jesus over the marriages in this room, over the children in this room. I plead the precious blood of Jesus over our church. Come on, you say that out of your own mouth, a prayer before the Lord. Father, I plead the blood of Jesus. I plead the blood of Jesus. It's a legal term. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood. I plead the blood over my mind, over my will, over my emotions.